it's uh, my privilege to ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. I always feel like these one-hit wonders, or I guess hopefully it's a one-hit wonder, right? Are just always so difficult to pick a text because you got like a one and done. But what I, I have found works is usually I just try to catch myself sinning. And then I think, you should remember this truth. And then I just pick that because the whole Bible's up for grabs. And if I can't think of something, I can just ask my wife. (laughs) I tell you that because if you ever take a preaching class across the street, they tell you if you're speaking somewhere that you don't often speak, you should build rapport with the audience when you begin. So hopefully that helped. And uh, the other reason is I think this passage is frankly, a a difficult one. It's simple, but it's difficult. And I hope, I hope you know, I'm preaching more to myself than I am to you. I recently, or a couple years ago, actually, read a book um, called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. The author opens by commenting on this phrase, I am a man trapped in a woman's body. He asked the question, how in the world does this make sense? Because when I say that to you, you probably think to yourself like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. And the author points out that two generations long ago, that would have made no sense at all. And the question he wants to ask is, is why? Why does something like that make sense? And the answer he comes to is found right in the title of the book the rise and triumph of self. That is that we live in a world and a culture that has put self at the top of the food chain. Who you are and who you think you are is more important than anything else. You're supposed to look after number one. You're supposed to love yourself above everything. That the true you is what really matters. The reality is, this is radically different than what it means to be a follower of Christ. This is completely different than what our Lord calls us to do. When the world says, love yourself, Jesus comes along and says, deny yourself. Let's read Matthew 16, verse 24 together. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus here is speaking to his disciples about what it means to be a true disciple, what it means and what it'll look like for them to be true followers of Jesus Christ. Lots of people throughout the world have claimed to follow Christ But the reality is you're either a follower or you're not. And the disciples so often got that wrong. They so often misunderstood what it really means to follow Christ. So Jesus tells them plainly. This is a universal call. He says, if anyone would come after me, the other gospels report that there are actually crowds present. So it's not just the 12. Jesus is speaking to a crowd and he in some way calls out to them that if anyone wants to come after me, if anyone wants to be my disciple, here's what you must do. 
And here's what it looks like to follow me. He gives three conditions for discipleship and we'll deal with the first two together and then the last one after that. The first thing we see is this, a true disciple dies to self. A true disciple dies to self. Jesus says, let him deny himself and take up his cross. If anyone wants to follow Jesus, if anyone wants to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, he has to deny himself. He has to remove himself from the center of his life. He has to recognize that my life in Christ is no longer about me, but it's about something better. This is the idea that we have to, if we're gonna be followers of Christ, we have to disassociate ourselves from ourselves. And you may say, well, that's, that's kind of difficult because I spend a lot of time with me, right? You know, it's hard to think less of yourself when you are in your life 24-7. Jesus is not calling us to some type of, you know, denial of self-conscious, but it's a denial of the life you've come to know and love. It's a denial of the old life you've left behind, and it's recognizing there's something better for you. It's a call to reject a self-centered lifestyle. That is before coming to Christ, in your heart, you are at the center. And Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, the self has to be pulled out of that. That in your heart, you have to be ripped down. That is, you have to take the you out of you. That your life is no longer about you. It's a call to self-denial. It's a decision with ongoing consequences. That is, at conversion, we make the claim, I deny myself and I will follow Christ. But we also recognize it's a daily decision. Every day, even today, you're faced with tons of choices. Are you gonna choose yourself or are you gonna choose to follow Christ? Every day, this is the characteristic of a disciple. This is what it looks like to follow after Jesus. It's to deny yourself. Anyone who wants to follow after Jesus must first take up his cross as well. So not only do we deny ourselves, but we take up our cross. The imagery invoked here by our Lord is that of a criminal or a rebel carrying his cross to where he will be executed. Uh, In their world, this was very common. Lots of people were crucified by the Roman Empire and what they would do is they would take at least the the horizontal beam of the cross and they would strap it to the back of the criminal and make him march to where he was going to be executed. And this is the imagery that Jesus is invoking for us. You know, we often, we, we tend to symbolize the cross. We tend to, you know, we may, you may hear a phrase like, everyone has their cross to bear. And typically what we mean by that is the burdens of everyday life. But that's not at all what Jesus is talking about. This is crystal clear in the minds of his listeners. Jesus is calling them to die. Jesus is calling them to lay down their life, to be willing to be martyrs. Remember, Jesus has told his disciples he will die, but he has not yet told them how. He hasn't told them that he's going to a cross. They don't know that yet. He's saying, if you're going to follow after me, you have to be ready to die. And if you deny yourself and take up your cross, in some sense, 
you've already died because the old you has been crucified. Everyone listening to Jesus knows what he's calling them to do. He's calling them to remove themselves from the center and to die, their old man to die so that they can follow after Christ. The reality is throughout church history, there have been many martyrs for Jesus, that people have actually been killed, murdered because of who they served, because of the Christ they claimed to follow. And the call to be a disciple for them and for us is the same call. That is, if we're gonna be true followers of Christ, if we're gonna be true disciples of our Lord, should the time ever come, we must be willing to give up our physical life. But the reality is that wouldn't be all that hard because the old you died a long time ago. That is when we come to Christ, our old man is crucified. What's the worst this world could do to us? Give us a speedy welcome to be with our savior. A call to follow Jesus, a call to to serve as one of his disciples is a call to, in essence, lay down your life, to have it so settled in your mind that I'm following after Christ and not myself, that your life does not matter. Your life could be laid down in an instant. It is of little worth to you because you're a disciple of Christ and true disciples take up their cross and follow their savior. The disciples, Jesus's disciples struggled with this throughout the whole book of Matthew. They just seemed to not be able to get it. Peter especially had a problem with this. Um, We'll take some time and look at the context so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Look back at verse 16 uh, for me. So chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus is going with his disciples and he asks them, who do people say that I am? And they give generic answers that they've heard people say. Some people say you're John the Baptist. Maybe you're Elijah. Maybe you're one of the prophets. And Jesus asked them, well, who do you say I am? And Peter, surprisingly, says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is a rare moment for Peter. Often he's, he's really messing it up, but he gets this one right. And what does Jesus tell him? Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you but my father who is in heaven. Peter is absolutely right. Who is Jesus? He's the Christ. He's the son of the living God. He's the savior. He's the Messiah. He's their king. So now that they know who Jesus is, Jesus then begins to explain, all right, you've said I'm the Christ. That's who I really am. Now let me tell you what that means. Let me tell you what it means to be the Christ. Look at verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed and on the third day be raised. And what what happens? We all know this. Peter says, no, no, Lord, that's not how this works. You're our king. You're supposed to bring in an army and overthrow the Romans and set up an empire. It's going to be great. You're not going to suffer. You're not going to die. You're our Lord. Don't we resonate so often with Peter? Peter wanted a crown without a cross and he wanted glory without suffering. But Jesus says, no, to be the Christ means 
to suffer. And Peter, if you're going to follow me, it means to die for you too. That is, that's the path of our Lord, the path to death, the path to suffering. And if we're going to be true disciples of Christ, it means following him in that path. It means denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following after him. Jesus says, not only will I go to the cross, but you will too. If you're a follower of Jesus, you must lay down your life. And you may not lay it down physically, but it should be so settled that you're holding on to nothing, that nothing in this world matters to you. The reality is our world so often wants self to reign supreme. You may hear tropes like this, love yourself, be yourself, treat yourself, express yourself. But Jesus comes along and says, die to yourself. What a radical message. That is following after Christ looks nothing like the self-centered world around us. A life devoted to Jesus means radical denial. We have to die to ourselves. Paul would say it this way, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. We give up everything this world has to offer. We lay down our selfish desires. We lay down the passions that once were held in our flesh. We say goodbye to happiness, comfort, and fulfillment. And our old man is killed on a cross. And we follow Christ, removing self from the center of our life. We have to take self out of us. This is why no Christian has ever called on Christ who hasn't also accepted him as Lord. There's no two levels of being a Christian. Jesus here is saying, if anyone wants to follow after me, this is what you must do. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can kind of adopt this this idea that, well, I've prayed a prayer and now I've got my ticket, but I can live how I want. That is, yes, Christ's my savior, but he's not my Lord. There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as a carnal Christian, a true disciple of Christ, someone who is totally and utterly committed to being devoted to Jesus is all in. He's totally and wholly surrendered. No part of a true disciple is held back from following Christ. It's all or it's nothing. We have to be all in. It's easy to claim Jesus. It's easy to claim, oh, I follow Jesus. It's hard to nail yourself to a cross. So many people claim to follow Jesus, yet so few have actually died. The book of Matthew is full full of examples of people who claim to follow Christ. Someone would come to him and say, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another would come to him and say, Lord, I will follow you, but permit me to go and bury my father first. And Jesus would say, follow me and allow the dead to bury the dead. Someone else would come and say, Jesus, I've kept the whole law. I've kept it all. What, What else do I have to do? And Jesus would say to him, sell all that you have and follow me. Where were the crowds? All through the book of Matthew, just 
Crowd after crowd is following Jesus. Where were they when the Son of Man was lifted up on a cross? Where were they to defend their so-called king? The reality is the crowds didn't serve Jesus as their master. They just wanted a meal. So many people can claim to follow Christ. It's easy to claim to follow Christ. It's another thing to deny yourself and take up your cross. Jesus would say it this way. If anyone wants to come to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. He'd say elsewhere, so then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. That is, if we're gonna be totally in, if we're gonna be truly disciples of Christ, everything we have, everything we are, laid down, given up, forsaken, our back turned away from it and fully fixed on Jesus. Can you give up a hard-earned pleasure to meet the needs of someone else? Can you say no to temptation and live righteously? Can you watch your brother prosper while you experience need and experience no jealousy? Have you died? Have you died to you? Is the you that's part of you ripped out? It's a decision to follow Christ, but it's a characteristic of a disciple. Every day, every decision, die to self and follow Christ. True disciples will not only die to themselves, but they also must live for Christ. Jesus isn't calling his disciples to some kind of weird asceticism. It's not that I deny myself so that then I will be acceptable to God. It's that I deny myself so that Christ may be my all in all that Christ may have me totally and completely. A true disciple removes himself and allows Christ to be placed at the center. Look at the third condition that Jesus tells us. If anyone would come after me and be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So what's happening here is not just a removal of self, it's a replacement. That is, I am gone and Christ takes the forefront. It's, I'm not leading my life anymore. Christ is leading my life. My life is not centered on me. It's centered on Christ. That is everything I have and everything I am. We have to follow after Christ. I think this means we have to go where he went. So the question is, well, where did Jesus go? You know, if Jesus comes to you and he says, leave everything you have and follow me, the question in your mind would be, well, where are we going? And he tells you in verse 21, Jesus began to show his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed and on the third day be raised. He went to a life of suffering and service. That is he, the perfect example of this, the perfect example of someone who denied themselves and took up their cross. He went to the cross and he came into this life to serve and not to be served. You know, he goes through the towns and he sees the crowds and it says he was moved with compassion for them because they were lost. They were like sheep that had no shepherd. And he goes from town to town, preaching the gospel, hoping to see people repent, healing the sick, caring for the needy, 
and he goes to his knees to wash his disciples' feet. If we're going to follow Christ, I think it has to mean we go where he goes. That is, we also are willing to take up our cross. We also are willing to go to a life of service. But I think it also has to mean that we obey his words. If we're going to be true followers of Christ, we have to do what he says. Jesus would say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You cannot claim to love Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus and not obey what he says. Think about the great commission passage. Um, Jesus says, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. That is, a disciple observes the commandments of Jesus. You're not a follower of Christ if you never do what he says. You're not following after Christ if you never consider his will for your life. Someone who's following after Christ will not only go where he goes, but he'll do what he says. I heard an illustration to try to sum up this whole thing kind of goes like this. Um, Most of you go to Florida in April. Think about the steps to accomplish that trip. Number one, you say goodbye. You know, goodbye to work, goodbye to house chores for two weeks, goodbye to responsibility. That's all behind you. The beach is calling, right? Goodbye to everything. And what do you do? Pack your bag. What are you going to need for your trip? And then you go. Now, how do you get there? Do you just drive around, making it up as you go? No, you know the fastest way to get there. And you go. You follow directions. And it's the same thing. If we're going to come after Christ, everything in this life, everything in this world, we have to be willing to say goodbye. I don't need that. I don't need that. I need one thing. I need Christ. You have to pack your bag. What do you need for your trip? Just a cross. Just the instrument of your death. Being willing to lay down your life to serve Christ and then go and follow him. So why in the world would we do this? Well, Jesus tells us, verse 25, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That is the tighter we cling to the things in this world, the tighter we cling to our happiness and our comfort and our possessions and our enjoyment, the more sure we are to lose them. But Jesus says, if you're willing to lay all those things down for me, you will find it. You will find total happiness and fulfillment in Christ. And in verse 27, he also tells us, for the son of man is gonna come with his angels in the glory of his father, and he will repay each person according to what he has done. Our Lord will return one day and will take an account of everyone's deeds. The call to follow Christ is the call to come and die, but it's not just the call to die. It's the call to live. Paul would say it like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I think that's an important point because how is it that we can come after Jesus? Jesus says, if anyone wants to come, they can come. If anyone wants to be my disciple, 
they can be my disciple. But the reality is the only reason we can come after Christ is because he came after us. That is, he, though he was in the form of God, did not think equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he laid down his life and he took on the form of a servant and he was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. That is, we can come after Christ. We can be followers of Christ because he perfectly denied himself and literally took up his cross in our place. And he followed the will of his father for us. We can come to Christ because he came to us. Maybe this means we have to give up some stuff. Maybe this means we have to hold the things of this world just a little more loosely. And I'm not saying you have to go out of here and sell everything you own and live a life of asceticism. That's not the point. The point is you'd be willing to do it. The point is you'd be willing to say goodbye to all that. And honestly, in prepping for this, it's hard to come up with illustrations, I think, to get us to really feel this because we just, we live in such comfort. We live in such ease. You know, I'm sitting in my air-conditioned office, drinking coffee in a comfortable environment. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not worried about someone coming in and saying, oh, he's reading a Bible, arrest him. That's just not our life. And it's easy to get a little lax in serving Christ. It's easy to get just a little too comfortable. And maybe, maybe this means you need to give something up. You know what's holding you back from following Christ. Is there something in your heart, something maybe you're just kind of holding on to? Maybe it'd be a good idea just to say no to that for a while. The other thing I would say is this, don't be afraid of death. You're already dead. What's this world gonna do to you? If God were to call you to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to go somewhere, to literally lay down your life, do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that. Don't let something as scary as death hold us back from being fully devoted to Christ. Because the reality is, if you're following after Christ, you're already carrying a cross. But I think the reality is for most of us, this will show up in our everyday lives and just the normal things we do. We can prove ourselves to be true followers of Christ in our everyday roles by dying to ourselves and by following Christ. Maybe you're a young adult in here and you had plans for one night and you hear about a service opportunity or you hear about something that needs to be done for someone else. Just deny yourself and follow after Christ. Maybe you're a young mom and if you hear the words, why mom, one more time, you are just gonna lose it. Deny yourself, follow Christ. Maybe you're a husband and you're growing weary of trying to lead your family well. Deny yourself, follow Christ. Maybe you feel like the, the endless growing number of health challenges make life so difficult. Don't let that overshadow following Christ. Use those as opportunities to share the gospel with people. Use those as opportunities to die to yourself. Follow after Christ. Maybe you find it difficult to move towards others in our church, to try to serve them and encourage them and pray for them. Die to yourself. 
follow Christ. Maybe you find it difficult to share the gospel with that unbelieving neighbor. You're worried what they may think about you. You're worried about your reputation in the neighborhood. Why? That shouldn't matter to you. Deny yourself, follow Christ. Or maybe think back to the last thing that made you mad or the last time you were disappointed. Is it possible that maybe that's something you're holding just a little too tightly? Maybe that's something you need to learn to let go. Deny yourself, follow Christ. Be willing to lay down your life. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's true discipleship. True disciples die to themselves and they live for Christ. True disciples die to themselves and live for Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your kindness to us in our Lord Jesus Christ, that while we were sinners, he died for us, that we can come after him because he first came after us. Help us to be all in. Every part of our life, totally and utterly surrendered to Jesus because we left it all behind and we're following him. Help us to deny ourselves and help us to serve you well. In your name we pray, amen.